Good morning. Good morning. I have a few announcements as I welcome you here this morning. First of all, I'll remind you about prayer cards if you would like for me to share a prayer request during prayer time, please uh, see the ushers get a prayer card. And if you do not want it shared, if you want it shared, check. If you don't want it shared, put an X mark on it. Right here is somebody. Right here is one. Um, right here. I have some announcements. Uh, this is uh, February the 10th announcements. Kids, uh, this is February 10th, right? Kids, our regular Sunday night programs of Handbells Choir, Mission Kids, and Bible Study meets tonight. Now, please note that this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. There will be no choir handbell practice on Wednesday. Easter rehearsals for the Easter special music and 11 o'clock service will begin February the 20th. All are welcome to join and be part of that special choir. Today, this afternoon, the bishop will be here of our annual conference at Aldersgate United Methodist Church from three to five. It's an opportunity for you to meet, greet, and talk to the bishop. Next Sunday, our children's choir will sing in this service, 9 a.m. Also, money is due and sign-up is due by February 24th for the um, Greenville Road Warriors hockey game of uh, family outing. And uh, if you want to know more about that, please look, check your bulletin. And I think, let's see. And the flower today is in honor of Chuck and Joan Wallace's great-granddaughter, Madison. Uh, yay. <laughs> I'm glad that that's there. Any other announcements? Is that it? Okay, good. Let us begin our worship together. Will you stand and let's sing? in heaven above 
to us and we thank you for the chance just to come here this morning and worship your holy name lord we praise you with all that we have lord we thank you so much for the gift of love love from you and love from others and lord help us this week just to share that love with as many people as we come across in your name i pray amen if you will turn and greet your neighbor tell them good morning and children if you'll meet me on the carpet morning. I love all the pink and the red and the purples and the sparkles and stuff today. Boys, you look so sparkly. It's beautiful. I'm just kidding, John. I'm just kidding. Um, raise your hand if you love someone. Anybody. Big people, raise your hand if you love someone. Okay. Now raise your hand if you know of someone that loves you. Awesome. There's a cool thing about love. The cool thing about love is that your love can grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, if you have brothers and sisters, when you, um, especially, I'm going to tell you a story about me. When Caroline was in, um, in my tummy, I was so excited about her to come, and I loved her so much, even before she was born. So, so much. And I bet your mommy's loved you before you were born, too. And... Um, then Eli was born, too, at, right after Caroline. And, and I thought, gosh, I love Caroline so much. How am I going to have enough love left over for Eli, too? And guess what? God multiplied my love. 
and it grew and it grew and it grew and I loved Eli just as much as I love Caroline. Your love can grow every single day and you can love so many people. That's the awesome thing about love. So when, when God tells us to love one another, he means so many people. I bet you can think of your parents and maybe your grandparents and <clears throat> brothers and sisters that you love. And um, I love the looks that John and Julia give each other. That's my favorite. And cousins and aunts and uncles and best friends and all of the people that you love, your love can grow and grow. And as you get older, your love will grow even more, okay? So let's just be thankful for that today. Let's be thankful for the gift of love. And let's be thankful that we can just love anyone and everyone around us. No matter what we're feeling, we can always have that wonderful feeling of love, okay? Let's pray together. Will you close your eyes and pray after me? Dear Lord. Thank you, Thank you for the gift of love. Gift of love. Help, us Help us to remember to love one another, love one another. And, add love and add love to our lives every day. Every day. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Let us pray. <clears throat> oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh God, we know that you have provided for our needs even before we knew them. We know that you're the source and preserver of our lives. We know you're the author of love. And we come this day in your presence and we sing songs of praise to your great and holy name. And out of your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And yet we must confess, O oh God, this day, we do not honor your love in the ways we live with one another. We have heard your call to love our enemies, but we allow the drive for revenge to overtake us. In your example of self-giving, we know ourselves called to love all your creatures. So we too often extend kindness, though only to those who have done good to us. And we do not withhold our judgment of others. So, O oh God, this day forgive us Forgive us, not as we forgive one another, but as your love and compassion for us forgives us. We know that we cannot accomplish what we have, we're called to do without your spirit. So fill us with conviction and strength that we might proclaim with confidence the word of your salvation. We know, O Lord, that when we live just in the flesh, we perish. So we pray, O oh Lord, that your power would raise us above the limits of the flesh into a new life of the Spirit as promised in Jesus Christ. And so this day we pray, O oh Lord, and that you look upon any who are weakened by disease or injury and raise them by your power. We pray, O oh God, especially 
for Martha and Thomas, for their health concerns. We turn them over to you, O God, for our son's employment to continue with the same company, O God. We offer you this need. And we pray, O God, for our great-grandmother who passed away. We pray, O God, for all those who are here today. We pray, O God, for those who are married and renew their vows. We pray, O God, for those who are divorced. We pray, O God, for those who are single, widowed, and widowers. We pray, O God, that your hand would use this service to give them also what they need to know of your powerful presence in their life and how you love them and care for them. We wait in stillness and patience before you this day, O God. Hear us as we commit our way to you and answer our prayers, for they are in the name of Jesus, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A few years ago, um, I, I preached a, a series of sermons on the Ten Commandments. And I'll probably preach them again sometime while I'm here. But uh, one of the, what was interesting to me was that I had the best attendance for the one, thou shalt not commit adultery. <laughs> Which I thought, oh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I couldn't decide if the congregation showed up for that sermon because they were all contemplating adultery <laughs> or they had committed adultery and wanted to hear what the Bible said. At any rate, whenever you do have an opportunity to preach some things that are sometimes delicate, uh, it's, uh, of course, you, what you hear is what God wants you to hear. And so I want you to hear these words. These are from Matthew 19, beginning at verse 3. Some Pharisees came to Jesus to test him, and they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus said, Haven't you read that at the, beginning of the begin at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us. We all stand here in different various uh, uh, needs and we all stand in various ways and relationships. Help us, oh Lord, to see and understand that you are with us through every relationship, the good and the bad. We pray in your name. Amen. Now what would Jesus say about marriage? 
Now, I don't presume to know exactly what Jesus would say on anything, but this is a feeble, my feeble attempt to try to share with you some thoughts that I believe fall along with Scripture and tradition and reason and experience, those things that John Wesley told us to do when we were reviewing Scripture. Let me start with a story. Harry and Martha had been married for 50 years when their friends and family threw an anniversary party for them. At the height of their celebration, Harry proposed a toast with these words, Martha and I have been married for 50 years and never had a fight. The secret to our bliss can be attributed to this. Now this is a true story. On the night, this is not made up, on the night of our wedding, we agreed that whenever an argument arose between us, I would take a walk which probably explains why I have lived a largely outdoor life. <laughs> it's amazing what you hear at marriage anniversary parties. Marriage, who needs it? Marriage, why is it? Marriage, how long should it last? And with questions like these, the Pharisees try to test our Lord. And in response, Jesus gives us a teaching about one of society's most sacred institutions. And I, I would tell you to read on in several more uh, verses to hear more about what Jesus says. It is one of our most sacred institutions. Uh, somebody once said, though, that even though marriage is a great in institution, I'm not ready for an institution yet. And I think sometimes that's what happens with us, is we think we have married not another person, but an institution. So I think the first thing we need to remember is that marriage is not for everyone. And we need to treat those who are single as whole persons and embrace them and be reminded that Jesus was a single person. He was over 30, he was single, but he still modeled a life of deep and intimate friendship without being married. And I think that's important for us to say and to know and to think about. Second thing is not all marriages are perfect. John Wesley was a wonderful preacher and reformer, but he was a very poor husband. He had many marital issues. In fact, when his wife died, he did not even didn't know about it for over a month, and he obviously wasn't present when she died. That was the state of his marriage. You know, if you happen to be married to your job, you live for sports, always look out for number one, it would probably be wiser for you to stay single if you're contemplating marriage. I believe that not everyone ought to be married. And I believe that Jesus tells us clearly that if you do decide to marry, though, you should do it, do it with all seriousness of a lifelong sacred covenant. And Jesus goes back to creation and quotes a passage from Genesis in that scripture. In saying this, Jesus profoundly and consistently affirms marriage to be more than a legal contract. He affirms that marriage is between a man and a woman. And marriage is a sacred covenant. 
And I think most of us know that. We know it's a mystery. We know something happens in that moment, that two become one, that a me and a my must now take into consideration an us and ours. And we understand that as Scripture teaches, that a spiritual union has taken place. And I believe somewhere down deep in our souls we know this, and that's why we all get dressed up, we spend a lot of money, we invite friends and family, and we have a gigantic celebration when we enter into the marriage covenant. Marriage calls for our finest intentions and our best support because something sacred is happening. It is a worship service. Unfortunately, in our time, I have come to realize that fear of commitment has driven many couples to simply live together. This trite and see if we like it philosophy, though, comes with some sobering statistics that you need to know. According to the latest statistics, 40% of those who, do, who practice this cohabitation without marriage, 40% will break up before marriage. And the remaining 60% who will marry, 45% of them will end in divorce. So you can see that that's not necessarily a prescription for a good marriage. You see, in marriage we come to know people as they really are. Intimacy deserves our unconditional commitment. Philip Yancey, a well-known Christian author, wrote this letter to his wife on the 21st anniversary of their marriage. It was entitled, Yes, My Legs Ache, But We Made It, and I want to share it with you. In it, Yancey compares the, all the months of marriage to mountain climbing. He says, and I quote, Some may make this marriage climb in a chairlift, but you and I have climbed it one step at a time, taking deep breaths, holding on tight, determined to reach the top, and no wonder our legs ache. I, I think that that is probably what Brenda would say to you if she was here. Having a lifelong loving commitment, creating the security of a family is hard work, but it's worth it. You see, anybody can marry for richer and for healthier and for better, but it's that old rhythm of those historic sacred vows that make it what family what it is, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness as well as in health. You see, marriage deserves and needs that type of commitment, which is only comes from trust, from an intimate relationship. I always give advice to folks when they're asking, when we're pre-counseling them in marriage, I always tell them a couple things that they've got to do. One is to make sure that you communicate with each other clearly every day. And don't let things slide because when they do, when you don't talk about those issues that confront you as a married couple, it is like building up bricks and a wall and eventually you have a big wall between yourself and your spouse. Friends, marriage is not a game of power and control. It's not a, a matter of superiority or submission. Marriage is a partnership of mutual trust. Sometimes you lead, sometimes you follow. But always you try to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy. 
You know, marriage is the coming together, I like to describe it this way, as two streams which come together and form a new stream, flowing in the same direction, carrying the same burdens of responsibility and obligations. That is why divorce is so messy. It is trying to separate water that is flowing together in a common stream. That's one of the reasons marriage should always be entered into in thinking of a lifetime covenant. You know, children need the lifetime covenant of a marriage, but unfortunately, one million kids a year have their lives shattered by the divorce of their parents. Now, kids are flexible. They bounce back. But let's not fool ourselves. The safety and security and stability of children is threatened when the two people that child loves do not, cannot live together anymore. The intentional will of God is for marriage to be a lifelong sacred commitment. But I want to say a word to those who may be in troubled marriages. Marriage is a promise, not a prison. As long as marriage is made of fallible people, some marriages will fail. So when is it time to go? Well, that is between you and God, but I will say marriage is not made for violence. And if you are in an abusive marriage, get help or get out. It will not get any better with time. God has not called you to live in fear. You know, I'm a people watcher. I like to watch people. And sometimes if I'm in a restaurant eating by myself and there uh, catching a quick bite of lunch on my way to another appointment, I sometimes look around at the people there. And at one table, I might see two people who are engrossed in conversation with faces that are animated and they're, they're talking almost with their hands. But at another table, I might see people sit in a, in a catatonic state. They place their order. They have nothing else to say until the food arrives. My friends, the fact of the matter is, marriages sometimes die. But the same God who raised Jesus from the dead can break hearts of stone. And that is our Christian belief. But it takes willing persons to enter into that resurrection. So I believe I've co covered most bases. So what do you think Jesus would say about marriage? I think if Jesus was here, he would say maybe these things. Jesus would probably say to those of you who are single that it's a valid way to live a Christian life. Stay single, I'm with you. To others, he might say, hang in there, marriage is worth it. To those whose marriages have ended in brokenness, he would probably say, I can still heal you, turn to me. To those who are widowed, he would say, be thankful for your successful journey and turn to me to deal with your grief. God can heal all things. I believe that God wants us to be happy in all our relationships. And he being the author of all the love that is in the world, he expects and wants us to be in love with each other. And I think also I believe that just like we remembered our baptism and we're thankful, those of us who are in successful marriages that we should celebrate the marriage covenant 
with a reaffirmation of our vows. And so we will do that in just a moment. But first, what I want us to do is to affirm our faith as we traditionally do. Then we'll take up our offering. And then after our offering, we will do the wedding reaffirmation vows. And you will follow along on the screen. And I'll give you the instructions. So let us affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward now as we receive our tithes and our offerings. Honor you, 
with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart and I give you my soul. For you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart and I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart and I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. interested in sharing and renewing your vows if you just come up to the front all you couples come on up the front and the rest of you are our witnesses and please uh, look at the uh, this thing here as we'll have some places where you respond for us all right good this is what I was hoping <laughs> all right now, y'all look at each other, not me, okay? This, and look at the screen. I always have trouble with when I'm marrying uh, people that they want to look at me, and I said, I'm not marrying you. You're marrying each other. Well, you might want to pay attention to the screen for a moment or two. God is love, and those who live in love live in God, and God lives in them, 1 John 4, 16. Grace to you and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, we've come together to give thanks to God for the enrichment of our lives through marriage, for the many blessings given to us in times of joy and in times of sorrow. The scriptures set before us marriage as part of God's creation and a holy mystery in which man and woman become one flesh. It is God's purpose that as husband and wife give themselves to each other in love throughout their lives. They shall be united in that love as Christ is united with his church. And in this service, 
You're invited to renew and affirm the solemn vows which you made in the sight of God and before your families and friends when you were married. So let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you gave marriage to be a source of blessing to us. We thank you for the joys of family life. May we know your presence and peace in our homes, fill them with your love, and use them for your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. Do you hear in the presence of God and these witnesses renew and affirm the vows you made to each other when you bound yourselves together in holy matrimony? Will you seek to nurture and daily affirm your love and commitment to each other in the light of the love that God has revealed to us in Jesus Christ? All right, now hold hands, look at each other, and repeat after me. You don't need to scream, just you know, repeat after me. Now, this requires you to, uh, unlike when you got really married, one would say it and then the other one say it, you both are saying it to each other. You with me? Okay. I renew my vow to you. To have and to hold. From this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death us do part, according to God's holy law. Now let us join in the litany of thanksgiving. Gracious God, we remember with thanksgiving our vows of love and commitment to you and to each other in marriage. We pray for your continued blessing. May we learn from our joys and sorrows and discover new riches in our life together in you. We thank you that in marriage we were brought together. Enrich us by your grace and strengthen us to keep those vows which we have today renewed in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Now hear these words as I pray a prayer for you. Eternal God, creator of us all, I pray for all who have renewed and affirmed their marriage vows. Give them strength to keep the vows they have made to be loyal and faithful to each other, to support each other throughout the rest of their life, that they may bear each other's burdens and share each other's joys. Help them to be honest and patient with each other. May they continue to enjoy each other and grow through the love they share. And grant that their wills may be so knit together in your will and their spirits in your spirits, that you may grow in love, that they may grow in love in peace with you and with one another all the days of their life. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with all of you and remain with you always. Amen. Now you may kiss your bride anew. <laughs> all right. How about the rest of us? Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Thank you.
health and richer. <laughs> I want y'all to know that Brenda, every time we, I do this service, I do this one service every time I'm at a church. So I won't do it again. <laughs> but my wife keeps saying, gosh, I wish there's some way I could be there with you. So I understand those of you who didn't, who, did, who don't, don't, you know, couldn't participate except as witnesses. But everything needs a witness, right? So let's stand and sing.
Your justice flows like the ocean's tide. May the Lord turn this day towards you and smile at you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord give you his peace. Have a good week.